0: Thank you for joining me for the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. In this podcast, I want to give you an excellent way to assess a person's authentic faith. That is the title of the podcast. That's what I'll be talking about. You can read this podcast on our website if you wish. Go to rickthomas.net. Look for that title and you can read all about it. More specifically, I want to give you an excellent way to assess your authentic faith. I think it's good every now and then, without being morbidly introspective, to see how you are doing in the faith, how your authentic faith is not just transforming you, but it's being exported to other people and having a positive Christ-like impact on their lives. If a Christian is going through the motions of Christianity, his Christianity is on par functionally with religion. God may have regenerated him, but his doer of the word faith, like what James talked about in 122, well, that will be lifeless and uncompelling There are times when we make a distinction between religion and Christianity by saying the former is wrong and the latter is not. That is an accurate assessment. But did you know that both of them can be bad if your Christianity consists of the following things that I want to share with you without a deepening relationship with Jesus? Here's a list of things that you can do in the name of Christianity, but it really can be on par with just being religious. Nine things. Attending church meetings, praying, singing, doing events, reading the Bible, reading other books, meeting with people, teaching individuals other Christian activities and disciplines, a list of nine things. Now, we know that Christian disciplines are better than religious practices. But if you go through this list of nine things, passionate religious people who do not know Christ do these things. And so we can do them, but yet functionally be on par with religionists. Now, of course, These practices are good, but a person can do the disciplines of Christianity and not experience internal to external transformation by the exercise of these things. What I'm getting at in this podcast is we just don't want to be going through the motions without a deepening, maturing passion for Jesus Christ that is transforming us from the inside out. I think too often, too many people just do church. They pray on occasion. They sing the songs that Christians sing. They may even read the Bibles and read other Christianized books. They may meet with people and and talk about the Lord or talk about their church. They may even teach, but they haven't been transformed where the animating center of their lives is not God, is not theocentric. In Hebrews 5, verses 12, 13, and 14, the writer said this, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. The word gymnasium comes from the root of this Greek word, trained. The point is, in order for God to be the animating center of your life and for Christianity to be more than just a notch higher than religion, it takes a lot of work. We must train ourselves, as this writer says, by constant practice, we don't want to just go through the motions of of Christianity. We don't want to coattail on our parents or, or coattail with our friends by being part of a local assembly, but yet we are not being transformed. And it is noticeable by how we live our lives. That outcome could make Christianity just as dangerous as religion Because the person's Christianity is not transforming the heart. They are not rooting their behaviors in heart change. You may be wondering why I'm speaking this way so direct. It can come across hard to some people, and I know that. And I realize that most people don't sit in my chair. Most people have not been sitting on the other side of dysfunctional marriages for over two decades. And there's a common theme with a lot of those dysfunctional marriages, a lot of those individuals is that they're going through the motions of Christianity. It's why I'm I may be more passionate than some folks, many folks about this. I may be more clear, more direct, more stark in how I communicate because I live on the underbelly of Christianity. I see things that most Christians just don't see because they're not that involved in people's lives on a day-to-day basis. We have hundreds of thousands of people that come to our ministry every year, and they are heartbroken, and many of these are in Poor marriages, that seems to be the primary type of people that come to us because one marriage partner names the name of Christ, but they're just going through the motions. It's window dressing. It is a facade, and that's why if you read the book of Hebrews, you do read that strong language as the writer is making a hard appeal for them to change, for Though by this time you ought to be teachers, after all of these years you should be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk. You are not who you think you are, who you pretend yourself to be. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled. They do not have, have the ability to discern good and evil. They did not have the self control or the wherewithal to, to mature in Christ because they are milk drinkers. They have not trained their powers of discernment by constant practice. Any exportation of external Christianity without internal transformation will end badly for the individual, and also for his relationships. And this is what I see in these marriages. A person going through the motions of Christianity, but his spouse, or it could be the wife, her spouse is a casualty of his shallowness. But that's not all. It has a huge impact on children. I have written before that, It would be better to to say that you're not a Christian than to say that you are a Christian, but yet you don't act like it. There is something about hypocrisy. It's it's the outright, outright lying that is so hard for the victims of that hypocrisy to take. If you just said, I do not believe Christ, at least you can respect the truth in that admission. But to say that you believe Christ, but yet you don't walk with Christ in a functional and practical way, it really complicates relationships. There is something better than religion and Christianity, as I have defined Christianity by doing the disciplines but not transformed in the heart and and lived out practically. A more authentic Christianity is a heart and life that looks remarkably like Jesus. One of the most effective ways you can test your Christianity for authenticity is by comparing yourself with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and here are the nine elements, love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There they are. That is a painting or a portrait of Jesus Christ. That's what that is. And you can take all nine elements and line them up in a sheet of paper from top to bottom, one to nine, and then compare yourself to each one of those elements. And what you would be doing is you would be comparing yourself to Christ to see how well you are doing in living out authentic Christianity. Will you do this? The title of the podcast and the article on the site, An Excellent Way to Assess a Person's Authentic Faith. Now, perhaps you want to do this with your spouse and your, or your children, or your children, you may want to do this with your parents. It is a good assessment tool for counselors, for disciplers, for pastors, for small group leaders. Maybe your small group needs to do that with your small group leader. It is an undeniable clear assessment that assessment that you can take. And so will you take the nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit and apply them to your life by asking yourself three hard but practical questions per element. Now, I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about by taking the first component of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Again, the nine elements are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let's take love. Here are three questions. The first one is loving your friends. The second one is loving your family. The third one is exporting your love. Let's take the first one loving your friends? Do you practically love those who do not love you? Now, you know, I think, Jesus talked a lot about loving your enemies, turning the other cheek, committing yourself to him who judges justly in First Peter by walking in the steps of Christ. Do you practically love those who do not love you? If you do, what is an example of loving them while they were sinners. Now, I'm quoting Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us while we were sinners. If you do love those who do not love you, what is an example of loving them? You should be able to give several examples. That's loving your friends. Loving your family, number two. Do your family members experience your encouraging love more than your negativity or critical spirit? Number three, exporting your love. Are you exporting your practical love to your spouse and your children? How do you know? The evidence of this should be some form of emulating your love. If you are an effective lover, you are, a f- you are exporting that love and... It should have an impact on on those that are receiving your love, and they should emulate you in some way. Those are three questions. This kind of exercise separates the religionist, Christian or otherwise, from those who practically and authentically model Jesus. One of the most accurate tests of Christianity is the effect that it has on others, and those closest to you will be affected the most by the kind of person you are. How is your Christianity impacting those who know you best? Title of the podcast, An Excellent Way to Assess a Person's Authentic Faith. If we can serve you in any way, please let us know. We'd love to help. Thanks for listening.